Hello and welcome to A24 on the Rocks. I will be your host this evening, Cole William Whitlaw Gibson. Uh, tonight we will be reviewing the 2016 Brian Bertino cinematic film called The Monster. Tonight we have only two guests, two hosts, along with myself, but we're going to make it worthwhile. We got my boy, Kevin. Good evening, world. This is Kevin K. Khan Konachek. Tonight I think I'm going to drink a local beer. It's called Op Sorry. It's a fruited sour ale with mango, pineapple, and passion fruit from Op Brewing in West Dallas, Wisconsin. So, Op, here we are. Going to review another movie. And that's all I got. How Midwestern. Uh, I'm Eric, <laughs> right. and I'm drinking a lime green margarita because I'm a monster. Sadly, uh, Kelly is not feeling good, so she cannot be on this one. Uh, we will all wish her well and hope she gets better, and she will be on uh, the next movie. But not the discussion, because she uh, doesn't want to overkill her film reviewing spirit. Yes, we can't have that. <laughs> we need to keep her alive and well. Yes. And uh, I am uh, drinking tonight one of my favorite whiskeys, the Jefferson's Ocean Aged. Uh, put it in a little old-fashioned and uh, got myself one of those little smokers to make it a little smoky. So I'm feeling like a fancy boy tonight and having a good time. I have one it. of those. I just haven't opened it or used it yet. <laughs> like, it's sitting there looking at me next to my collection. Like, hey, yeah. smoke something. Put it in this drink. But just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, it's one of those things. This might have been the most Midwestern we've sounded. You just said, a smoker, and then Kevin just said, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> All right. Surprise. Yeah. Midwestern Mostly film review pretty, podcast. Yeah. Pretty Midwestern here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so like I uh, like I mentioned, we're reviewing the 2016 movie The Monster. It is a, uh, a creature feature, some would say, about a divorced mother with her headstrong daughter who must make a late-night road trip to see the girl's father. As they drive through the deserted country roads on a stormy night, they suddenly have a startling collision that leaves them shaken but not hurt. Their car, however, is dead, and something is lurking in the woods. Fucking shit! My 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 first question to you guys is: uh, what what are your thoughts on creature features? I am uh, one. Uh, I just absolutely love them um, from the thing and all these other films like uh, Alien and stuff like that. So. What are your thoughts on Creature Features, and have you seen this film before? Eric, I'm going to start with you. I have seen The Monster before. I like a lot of Creature Features, like you were saying, uh, The Thing, Alien. You'll hear next week, I like Jaws, but I'm not as big of a fan as other people. But uh, either way, I do mostly enjoy Creature Features. There are definitely some really, really cheesy ones out there, though. Like uh, I think of the later Godzilla movies and stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, this one, uh, yeah, the, the monster in it, very unique. We will dive more in depth, obviously, but I obviously I have never seen a monster like that. It was like a mix between Godzilla and Alien. 
Yeah. So creature features are growing on me as I come to appreciate uh, movies a whole lot more. I just recently watched your favorite movie, Cole, the thing. uh, And you do not undersell those monsters at all. The physical effects in that is just mind-blowing. So to be fair, creatures and monsters can be cool. I have never seen this movie or had not seen this movie uh, before watching it. But it did remind me of a film that I had seen when I was a kid, which was uh, the 1983 sci-fi thriller Cujo, which is just essentially a dog running around murdering people and doing similar things to this monster. So that was my first thought was uh, similar to that, but I I like them. I think they're fun. It's a good way to keep you on edge while wondering what's in the woods and what goes thump in the night. Now, would you put Leprechaun under the creature feature category? Definitely. Okay. That's my favorite film of all time. Leprechaun 1 or 9? I like all the sequels up to 9. How many are there, actually? 9 is probably my favorite, actually. I think each one gets better. They improve on it each time. Uh, It's it's raw art. Fun fact about the original Leprechaun, it was the very first movie. Oh, my God. I can't remember her name right now. Uh, She's from Friends. Fuck, what's her Jennifer name? Jennifer Aniston? She's super famous. Jennifer Aniston, yeah. It's okay. the very first uh, featured film that she was ever in. Or, I guess I don't know if it was oh. featured film. First movie was she was in Leprechaun. That's in 1993. Yeah, what a Beautiful. terrible movie, Eric. You're the worst for saying it's the best. So I think the answer <laughs> is there are five, six, Better seven, than the eight, thing. Nine. I was right. Oh my God, there are nine Leprechauns. The last one came out in 2018. Jeez. And there was a like Leprechaun Back to the Hood too, right? Leprechaun mm-hmm. 4 in space, followed by Leprechaun in the Hood. Yeah, Leprechaun in the Hood in 2000. With, uh, then we got oh, Leprechaun that, Origins yeah. in 2014, and then Leprechaun Returns Leo. in 2018. Yeah. So, nine. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm, I don't I don't know how we got here, but... Anyway. Creature features, man. Creature features. Not, not this is not a Leprechaun uh, podcast. Yeah. Jeepers, creepers. Is that, a, is that a creature feature? Oh, Jeepers Creepers? Yeah, 100%. That one's All classic. Right. All right, so the uh, – <laughs> what what are you guys' uh, thoughts on, like, how this film got off in the opening vibes where it uh, kind of starts with maybe some more of the backstory of the relationship between the mom and the girl and, and the, or the mom and the daughter? Kevin? So I enjoyed it. Um, I think that the way you start a film is obviously incredibly important, and we talk about A24 vibes all the time. It's one of the quintessential starting questions because it really is how you base the rest of your viewing standpoint. It starts with a quote, right? So it's got this big screen that gives us a quote to talk about, and then it kind of moves into some um, narration. But the big thing that I took away from the beginning is the song that they used. Um, they they have this poignant version of A World So Full of Love by Roger Miller that the lyrics of this song set up this entire movie within the first 30 seconds, and I really appreciated that. It goes, I know how it feels to be alive with no desire to live. I know how it feels to die inside and try hard to forgive. And my way of finding out is because a love let me down in a world so full of love yet not enough to go around. And as a viewer, you get that right away. And it's it's super obvious, like, this is what they want you to concentrate on as you're seeing this little girl start to develop this background of, of picking up the bottles and, you know, the eventual um, relationship that it presents. And anytime you can use music to further a theme for me in a movie, I light up immediately. I think that's just one of the coolest things ever 
And if you were to take kind of an encompassment of this whole movie for me, the themes and everything, that that song right off the bat is just one of those great, great starting points. Now, how the rest of the film follows up is, you know, kind of what we'll be discussing. But uh, as far as the initial vibes, I did enjoy it and was curious to see where they were going. How about yourself, Eric? Uh, so I definitely knew the um, the lead actress. I not, sorry, the mom. Uh, she is Zoe Kazan, who is the granddaughter of Aaliyah Kazan, who was a director that directed a lot of huge films in Hollywood. A Streetcar Named Desire, uh, On the Waterfront, to uh, mention a few. Oh. And she's also married to Paul Dano, who we know from uh, from Swiss wow. Army Man and uh, <laughs> There Will Be Blood. That's not A24, there will be blood, but Swiss Army Man is. Um, so, like, seeing her in this role as this alcoholic mother who is absolutely horrible to her kid, um, <laughs> it threw me for a loop for sure. And right away, yeah, like, we get the folk song, we get the title card at the start. They are hiding and watching, just wait and see. Oh, there are monsters for you and for me. Uh, it gives me creepy feels right away. And you got the kind of indie feeling with that folk song coming in. And then we see the daughter just basically being the real mom, uh, picking up her beer bottles, picking up the mom's beer bottles. And just like, you, you know that you're going to be in for kind of a, a bummer of a movie. And on top of that, uh, ain't um, that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> bummer of a movie. Yeah. And on top of that, it's a horror film. Uh, and we'll, we'll get into it more later. I wish they focused more on the horror than it being such a bummer sometimes. But yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, going off of the. Um you know, kind of the bummer, like you're talking about this film throughout the, 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 the movie, you know, it's, it's, it's a horror movie. So they, they're driving their car. It's late at night. Um, they're in the middle of nowhere, even though they're on a road that has street lights for some reason, but I'll I digress right now. Um, and, and they like break down and they're building this tension. And then they do a, um, all these flashbacks and, and more backstory and kind of, you know, developing the, the relationship between that daughter and mother. Let's go back to you, Kevin on what are your, what were your thoughts about these flashbacks and how they kind of broke up the film? Do you think it hurt the horror aspect or do you think it like helped develop the, the story to make it more impactful because it gave you that backstory? What what were your take on it? So as I was kind of watching it, I was trying to look at it from the lens of a reviewer like I normally do. Um, and I knew that the flashbacks were going to kind of be a crucial part of this discussion because of the heavy, heavy use. And in reality, this film doesn't really work, I guess, as intended by the director unless you use that heavy use of those flashbacks. I didn't necessarily like that the chronological order of them felt a little bouncy. I wasn't really sure the timing and the, and the editing was a little jarring at some points. They kind of didn't flow really well together. I thought there was like opportunities for them to give us even more of those backstories or maybe combine some of those scenes together. Uh, there was some oddity to it. I felt a little overhanded like when we got the scene where she's holding the knife to her mom's neck and saying, I hate you or kill you or whatever. I feel like that was already established in previous flashbacks and <laughs> it just didn't. To lens to Eric's point, I feel like they concentrated way too much on the heavy-handedness of this is the darkness of this relationship. Ha, get it? Monster? Yeah, maybe there's a monster involved with these bad things that are happening in the scene. And 
if a viewer kind of you should get that initially like you shouldn't have to have it beat into your head and add this scene where the mom's screaming fuck you to the eight-year-old like eh, yeah it was supposed to be like poignant and heavy but for me it just came across as like all right i rolly a little bit of cringy like okay get the point they're having a, a, a bad relationship let's get back to the scary monster hiding in the woods devolved away from being a monster movie to this other heavy veined thing and it never was clear on either of those things and i'm sure we'll get to that to my review but to answer your question i didn't really like the flashbacks that much they were necessary for the film but they could have done better at using them mm -hmm. eric i actually i don't think that they were necessary for the film i think they could have uh, had more creative ways to like actually just make the point like this woman's an alcoholic and she's annoyed by the existence of her child. That's what I, I get from her. She's just, you, we see those couples like when we're not couples, but like moms and daughters, dads and daughters, dads and sons, so on and so forth. When you're like walking through a grocery store or Walmart and you see how you, they deal with their kids, like being annoying and there's like anger and annoyance at them uh, as opposed to it coming from a place of love and telling them to like calm down. And that's what I constantly get from uh, this mom is that she's just annoyed at the existence of her child and like blames her for even being born. I feel like you, we could have got that point while staying in real time instead of going through all these flashbacks, even though like the film's only an hour and a half. It felt a lot longer to me and the flashbacks are definitely there to like make up more time because the basic plot of the film is pretty simple. It's like they get in a car accident and they... Uh, have to survive a monster in the woods. But, like, uh, I, I just feel like there's so many other films that have dealt with minimal sets like this that have done it so much better and established their points in more creative ways. I guess yeah. when I say that it relied on it, I'm... For the or movie, necessary. They didn't rely on it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what I meant in that like, it was necessary for how he was going yeah. to make that movie. I agree that they could have totally went it about a different way and even done it in real time. I think that was a really good point. Like you yeah. can establish that she's still a shitty mom. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess there's a redemption inside, but it's not yeah. even that big of a deal. But anyway, I digress. And and yeah, like the yelling fuck you at your kid, uh hitting her later, it was just like I, how can I even root for this woman? I mm -hmm. like I I don't hope she yeah, dies, exactly. but like I it doesn't give me any like me it doesn't give me anything to root for for a redemption arc in her. But she gave her a watch. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And there you go, great the heirloom that solves everything. <laughs> and she was just like angry yeah. while she was giving it to her too. <laughs> like uh, mm -hmm. yeah. you're not coming back. You're not coming back. Yeah, it was it was like a, manipul a manipulative thing, you know. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was yeah. kind of yeah, it was like yeah, definitely. So like I was like when I, I this is my first time watching it, right? And while I was watching it, all I could think about was every time they kept doing these flashbacks was um, a worse version of Babadook because Babadook, Babadook came out in yeah. twenty Babadook, yeah, <laughs> Babadook, <laughs> Babadook. Is that a Babadook? It's a creature feature <laughs> with a uh, killer yeah. duck. Yeah, I've yeah, had, I had too much witch. whiskey already. But no, like I was thinking about that movie came out two years before this film. Mm -hmm. It really? came out That's in 2014. Yeah. yeah, and this huh. this one came out in 2016. And all I could think was this guy went in and he was like, I want, I'm going to make an A24 film. It's going to be a monster. It's going to be their you know first major creature feature. Uh, but I'm going to put a spin on it. And he saw, the, he saw that movie and just tried to shoehorn in this parent 
you know, daughter relationship that just did not fit with the storyline and honestly hurt it, in my opinion. Like, it just, it, it broke it up to the point where I was no longer afraid, and, and like Eric said, it kind of dragged on for me. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong here, uh, Kira Knightley did the voice of adult Lizzie. I'm seeing it on the cast page. When was there even adult Lizzie in it? The voiceover at the start when she's reading, or like saying her lines of voiceover and at the end. And I guess that's adult Lizzie? Uh, but it says right in the cast here, Kira Knightley, adult Lizzie, voice. <laughs> I guess we're going to have to super sleuth on <laughs> the reason so that exists. We have Kira Knightley that's, in here for uh, one minute amazing. total. That's amazing. Yeah. Holy shit. That. That's <laughs> awesome. Man, they, well, you know, they went all out for this film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> let's go back to, um, let's talk about the set design. So Eric kind of touched on it where it's a very small set, right? It's, 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 it's just a small section of roadway, even if it feels a lot bigger than it is, but it's mainly set in a vehicle on the road do you think that uh they did a good job of maintaining because doing a film in a small set has a lot of challenges but we've seen it executed very well like the room do you think that this film used that to its advantage or if it was just kind of an afterthought eric what are your opinions it was an afterthought for sure like i I was saying i was hoping the whole film that they'd have more creative ways to bring us through the chronological order of the film and like bring us through the real time of the film and instead i feel like yeah they used the flashback as a crutch to bring us away from the minimal set they had instead of like trying to explore the the woods you're right next to the woods you know like there's a monster in the woods there's so much you could have done i think even with a low budget like they had it it was like a three million dollar film so it it felt like it Mm -hmm. was a million dollar film maybe um and yeah, well, like they had I, Kira Knightley. What? They had Kira Knightley. They had to give her a mill. Yeah, uh-huh. yep, for sure. There, there it is. I need I need to look further into this because I I just see it on Wikipedia, but I don't see anything further after that. So anyway, all right. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, the car. It, it just didn't. It, it should have felt like its own character in the film, and I don't think it it did. Like we had the the car repair man working on it for like fifteen minutes, and it was just constantly more of an annoying part of the film than anything that actually lended to the plot. Yeah, um, I didn't particularly care for it. I think that it felt more of a result of a lack of budget and planning than it did they were attempting to use minimalistic styling in a small set. The sheer fact that they didn't do anything with the woods at all except maybe show where the corpse was and then those scenes with the monster at the end, which were just dark, dark, dark with some flame in it, there was nothing. It, it really did felt like the whole thing was happening on this chunk of, of slab of road, which is so not believable in the sense that you also put it in streetlights, which they literally created those streetlights and the power for those streetlights in the middle of the woods in Ontario just for this film. Mm-hmm. Those didn't exist. Those, those, those wouldn't exist in the real world. It's dumb as hell. All for a stylistic choice that you wanted to see rain coming off the ground. For what? You didn't even show the monster... Yeah, just what I didn't necessarily like it. I thought it was kind of just a, a waste of of everything. And then using the ambulance as your triumphant like 
place to plan everything and and have your big sob story and this is where we're gonna make our last stand is just felt hokey and cheap and just was kind of yeah eh, an afterthought definitely an afterthought now cole does the axle of a car need to be fixed to hook a car up to a tow truck yeah what was that all about i am so glad that you asked this <laughs> pissed me off uh, yeah so that car is a front-wheel drive car uh, the guy that came with the tow truck it looked like he was appeared to hook it up from the front. And then he proceeded to work strictly on the front axle the whole entire time, which would have been lifted off the ground and not even touching the ground if, he, <laughs> you know, when he, when he pulled the vehicle. So uh, to answer your question, sometimes, yes, you'd bring out like a flatbed tow truck that they would pull the vehicle up on if it sustains like some serious damage. But that car, he was only working on the front axle. So as long as they have one axle, it does not fucking matter. He can pull it either way. It does not matter. Could have pulled it from the uh, back. So that was a, yeah. Yeah, it, it yeah. was it was a complete. It was just uh, it pissed me off. So yeah, that that whole situation um, of him climbing under there, and also no tow truck driver is going to do that. They're not going to do that. They <laughs> Fix also the car have for somebody. Yeah, just yeah, yeah they're, they're, in the middle middle of the pouring rain. Yeah, to, yeah. they also She's have. Like, oh, um, shit. I forget what they're called, but there's like there's little like shoes or skates that go onto the tires of other cars that are like really fucked up too, that lift it off and then you know work as pseudo tires for the back end as well. So there's no reason he would have done that. Uh, so that's just uh, another uh, part that bothered me. Yeah, in this film. there's a lot of things that uh, a lot of plot holes or or misses or things that uh, uh, I did not like that I watched throughout this film that just kind of irked me and, and made me want to smash my head into a wall. But I'll talk about that <laughs> in a little bit. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk to about as well, um, going off of the guy when he was working underneath the car and he's kind of our first, let's say human victim, I suppose of the monster. Um, you know, this whole set and everything is all set in the dark and you never really see the monster towards, towards, you know, more of the end in the climax. So you're kind of relying on the sound design of the monster and it moving through the woods and, and like how it's interacting and trying to, I guess, build that tension. Kevin, did you find that the sound design of this monster was was done well to the point that it made it feel like he was watching you in the woods and lurking and, you know, growling at you a lot? No, the only thing that the sound <laughs> editing or performance made me think about was the Predator. All I could think about was just the clicking and the growling mm-hmm. of the predator in the woods. The same. I mean, sure, did it make me think that there was something prowling out there? Yeah, but it was so obvious when it was happening, and then the monster was. It's, ah, no, I didn't like it. it wasn't very good. <laughs> uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> what about you, uh, Eric? Uh, like you were like what we've been talking about with creature features. They're supposed to be campy and stuff, so I can forgive some shitty sound editing or just like. I guess, like, bad special effects and sound effects. But, yeah, this one, it it just didn't sell me on it being scary at all, like this monster in the woods. And sound is such a huge part for creature features and for horror films to scare the audience. And it, it didn't scare me at all. And uh, it definitely left me wanting a lot more in that aspect, for sure. So, as this film... Uh, progress you know the the tow truck driver he gets he gets killed by the monster they're still stuck in their car but thankfully the ambulance shows up and they're here to to save the day so to speak once they 
the, the once the ambulance shows up, you start to really get, you see, I guess, the monster, and you start to understand some of its laws or the rules that it follows by, right? Like, a lot of these creature features or horror movies, all these monsters have a weakness or have, um, you know, rules that they have to obey by. And this one, the, the rule was, was the, the lighting. Do you think... I don't know how to word this because it drove me crazy. I mostly just want to talk about how they set up the whole thing about how the monster was afraid of light, but then proceeded to stand in front of lights all the time, yeah. and it fucking pissed me off. <laughs> and even yeah, when the ambu- ambulance at one point, when she was hiding in the ambulance, right? yes. literally just like yeah. walked right straight into all the lights everywhere. Yeah. But yeah. one flashlight was enough to scare the fucker away. Yeah. Uh, why didn't they <laughs> just take know. the flashlight and just stand on the road and just be like? Got a light. Yeah, it would have been so much cooler if yeah it actually obeyed those laws of that they set out for it that it could not be in the light because it, it's a very obvious metaphor to me that the monster is alcoholism, the light is the road to recovery, and uh, the mom you know she is giving into her alcoholism constantly and uh, she can't make her way to the road to of recovery. And that's like the whole metaphor of the movie. We're also in a creature feature here. Uh, so I don't want to forgive the the fallacies of the laws that laid out for the creature just because it's trying to make a metaphor. It, it isn't a good enough film to do that. Exactly. Pick a lane. Stay in a lane. <laughs> yeah. Do something right instead of minimal half-assing on both sides of it. Yeah. And I think, like, you know, we talk a lot about uh, elevated horror nowadays. Like, we have a lot of horror films that mean so much more than they actually are on on the surface in a way. Like, Get Out uh, or, like, A24, we have Hereditary, which is about generational trauma. And, like, this film was just so obvious, the, the metaphor. And it doesn't make you guess or read into it at all. There's no little earworms or brainworms in here that you have to like look up and like try to research more to really figure out what was actually going on in this film. Uh, and th- that's the mark of non-elevated horror. That's just the mark of a uh, horror that is trying to throw some drama in there on the side. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I honestly think that this film would have done better if they just dropped the whole alcoholism social commentary and just leaned into the creature feature aspect because it just like you said it just felt it felt so shoehorned and so in your face the whole entire time um at one point when i watched this film i thought maybe this is all just her in rehab and this is how she's going through withdrawal and that could be a a neat spin i suppose to try and make me feel something about this movie but even that didn't happen Mm -hmm. so bit uh disappointing there um yeah and we're the newer narrative between like stop lying to me and i'm not lying to you and now i'm telling the truth and what about where and like there's just too many too many things yeah so towards the end of this film we start to get to like the climax where the monster has uh kind of pinned them they've they've it, it crashed into the ambulance it flipped him over the the daughter and the mother are stuck in the ambulance the mother has uh learned how to make fire and she's going to lure the monster away and sacrifice herself for her daughter and, and give uh kind of a, a climactic conclusion to this film 
Kevin, what did you think about the sacrifice and did was it as impactful as the director wanted it to be? No, I think it would have been much more impactful if she decided to fight back and live for her daughter instead of giving in and just dying. Like, that was stupid. I think that if they're going to go through this whole thing where the mom has redeemable factors throughout most of the film somewhere, eh, maybe not most of the film, but there are some maternal moments where she does clearly care for her daughter, um, and I just don't know why that decision to go out in a flame of glory and essentially didn't do anything anyway because the daughter ended up doing all the work again throughout the whole film. So the point was lost even at that point because her sacrifice essentially was nothing. Um, So I don't really know what they were trying to tell me with that. And yeah, the whole thing was just kind of a clusterfuck. I didn't like it. What about you, Eric? Uh, Like I was saying earlier, this film is really just one bummer after another. And I agree with Kevin there. It's just like she didn't try to fight for her daughter. She she was trying to make a distraction for her daughter so that her daughter could run away. But then her daughter doesn't even do that, obviously, because she's a little kid and she's too scared to do that. And, you know, her giving it up at the end or just sacrificing herself was her giving into her alcoholism and her alcoholism eventually killing her. I think if you want to make a metaphor out of it, it felt too shoehorned in there. And the fact that like we, we go from these scenes where like the mom just yells, fuck you at her several times. Another scene where because uh, her daughter hid the keys, she hit her. Uh, and then we, all we have is like little, little like parts where the mom is now trying to defend her, uh, defend her or not defend, save her daughter from the monster that those are supposed to be the redeemable parts of the mom, but they're not enough uh, to make up for all the shitty things we saw her do outside of that. So it didn't hit me with any emotional impact when she finally died. It was just kind of like, well, this is a fucking bummer. Now the daughter is just on her own and we don't even know where the dad is. And yeah, she's just she's has to fight the monster on her own. And she's pretty much been left to her own devices this whole film. So, yeah, just. That sucks. <laughs> yeah, Bummer. I will say. Uh, yeah, yeah. When I uh, when I watched the uh, sacrifice, all I could think about was how the director. I don't know if he tried to, but all I could think about was uh, now he's now it's the kid's fault. The lady sacrificed herself, and if the kid just listened to her mom, she would be home safe and sound. But instead, she has to go and fuck it up. So now her mom dies for nothing. Yeah. And it just like, yep. <laughs> like, like it just took the wind out of the sails. Like the, she goes and sacrifices herself in in a very poor way. Also, she walks like twenty five feet from the ambulance and puts out the fire instead of. I thought she was just gonna run through the woods with right. the fire, just do yep. something. But, yep. <laughs> but instead, she's just gonna. I'm gonna go stand over here. And uh, you're going to have the flashlight that scares the monster that we probably could use. But instead, I'm just going to kill myself. Yeah. So, and then, Thanks. Uh, <laughs> and then it doesn't even work. And the little girl just runs back into the ambulance. Uh, and they uh, continue the, the this convoluted story that just... Uh, <laughs> By sacrificing her childhood toy, she I defeats mean, yeah, alcoholism. <laughs> Maybe she had to work the next day and she, 
you know, wanted to get eaten, so she didn't have to work the next day. But then, like, you're relieved that you don't have to go to work because you thought you were going to get eaten? What the fuck is this world? What have they done to us? What did they do to us? <laughs> what? All right. Well, there's so <laughs> the the fake I would I call it the fake climactic ending with the sacrifice of the mom. Then we go into the real climactic ending where they sacrifice her 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 stuffed animal and she's you know stands up for herself and she's not going to be afraid and the monster breaks all the rules and goes inside the light and isn't scared. Um, Eric, what do you think the metaphor was? <laughs> For that part. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. Refer- uh, when she goes into the light. Um, yeah, what's the metaphor of when the monster can go into the light now and oh, all yeah. the laws that were set up no longer apply and she try- she uh, is going to light it on fire but instead climbs out of the ambulance to let the monster then come back out of the ambulance so the sacrifice of the stuffed animal also really didn't make sense. <laughs> there, there um, is yeah, no metaphor that? for that part for sure. <laughs> it's just uh, they need to get the monster over for a final climax, for a final showdown so that the daughter can... Defeat the uh, generational trauma of her mother's alcoholism and then Mm -hmm. move on, go on her merry way, uh, which apparently is just walking into the middle of a big field. And we don't know if she ever gets picked up. It's just uh, her walking into the middle of a big field. And for a monster that specializes (laughs) in eating people, like we literally saw him eat the entire frickin' mechanic, Mm -hmm. he fixates on a mechanical bunny for a long ass time before realizing that it's not real. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Cole, what, what have you done to me? <laughs> dude, what are they doing to us? This this movie killed killed me. Like uh, I, I don't understand why they wanted the monster to go inside the ambulance. And and I thought she was gonna light it on fire inside the ambulance because that makes sense. But instead, she gets out of the ambulance, lets it comes back outside. She could have just met it outside regardless. And then the monster proceeds to stand right in front of the headlights already. Well, I just... it's Isn't it obvious? The directors wanted to show off his monster. Like, yeah. if you don't have some sort of lit area that isn't <laughs> a flame in the middle of the woods, yeah. then the practical effect of your monster suit is wasted. So, yeah. gotta come up with something. And okay, again, that so... monster was... Did it seem like an in-between between Godzilla and Alien? Like, it was the size of Alien, but it had the kind of aesthetic features of Godzilla. Yeah, that's, so that's what I was, was going to <laughs> ask God. you. Guys, I love practical effects and I love creature features. What did you think about the design of this monster? Eric, I know you you said your piece. Kevin, what's, what are your thoughts on this guy? Yeah, I mentioned Predator earlier. He's got that weird, like, circular-looking helmet. Talked about Cujo, so he kind of looked like a dog. What I really didn't get is when the thing got lit on fire. That is when I completely lost all of it because, like, mm-hmm. the robe that they decided to put on it was clear and weird, and it was like, wait, this thing's got webbing all of a sudden? When did that it's happen? Got, it's got and wings now. It's got wings now, right, as it's lighting on fire. Was the thing doused in gasoline? I mean, it was a, an antiseptic spray that literally lit this thing up like a Christmas tree that had been dried out for months. Uh, well, it's, it's made it, of oil. That's why he's black. Oh, oh yes, right. There's the, the oil... <laughs> Metaphor. Is there a metaphor for that? Uh, or maybe, oh, it was covered in oil from being underneath the car. 
maybe that's it. No, no, know. it's covered in oil because it's a you know a social commentary on the way we're deforesting, you know, destroying the environment, and now the environment's <laughs> fighting back, kind of like Fern Gully. I did see well, someone like try to say right? that it was Two? it was a representation yeah. of black yeah, tar heroin, <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, it's so deep." <laughs> and so I, I'm reading the. There's an actor that played the monster, Chris Webb. So did they just? I I didn't read oh. anywhere how they uh, got him. They made a suit for him, probably right, and they actually had a yeah, real human yeah, run definitely. around in a suit. Hell yeah! Yes. <laughs> no, that, I, I mean exactly I, what happened. Oh my gosh, uh, the way he was moving at the end too. He was just. He was like shaking like a what's what's the fucking the fish? Um I'm all he does Billy Bass. Yeah, he was shaking like a Billy Bass when he when he got lit lit on fire. It was so strange. Well, and and the the so the monster design to me felt very reminiscent of a lot of B rated horror films that I, you know, love watching. Mm -hmm. Like the relic and and some of these just were the basic monster design is he's going to have really big teeth with no lips. His skin is going to be kind of greasy and oily. He'll be really, you know, un, just kind of black, featureless. It's just a mash of all these other creatures that people have designed and actually spent, you know, lots of countless hours generating something beautiful mm-hmm. like Alien. And they're like, well, what if it was black like Alien, but, but even... I don't know. It's like a dog, but not a dog. Also, ooh, it's got wings because it's a bat because people are afraid of bats. Um, but also, it's it doesn't have lips because we need it to show all the mean teeth because that's scary. And it's just like, oh, okay. Okay. I just... I didn't... Right, I, and they probably were like, oh, we're so cool for using practical effects. Screw those CGI guys. <laughs> this is real art. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, but that was just a bad attempt at it, if that's what you were going for. Yeah, and then and then yeah, like you mentioned, Kevin, it just she, I, I it just it burst into flames so fast, and also the monster could run and move through the woods so quickly and attack so hard and fast to the point where it flips over an ambulance, but a little girl standing still, it could it was just paralyzed, it couldn't move. It's like right. That's what I was, I I hate. It was able to triangulate the path of the ambulance as it's speeding away and hit it at a complete ninety degree angle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's like I don't understand kind of the way some of these horror movies or creature features make these apex predators, these like you know top of the line killers that are just run off of pure instinct and, and evil, where they just sit and stare at their victim like a real apex predator when the you know its prey notices them will recognize them immediately attack they're not just gonna sit there and stare at you five feet away and be like oh i wonder what they're gonna do they're gonna no they're gonna attack first to make the first move and eliminate any possible injury to them and then this monster is just like i don't know she's got a spray can let's see what she's gonna do (laughs) and while she's holding light that i'm apparently scared of you know (laughs) yeah yeah. It's no leprechaun. So, no. <laughs> Ain't no leprechaun, <laughs> for sure. Also, I, I just, like, where was, uh, I mean, they, they called the dad, but he just never I thought never the dad was up. supposed to be on the way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just, they must have been far enough away from him. Yeah. And then yeah. they had one ambulance come. Isn't I mean, I guess you're in the middle of nowhere. Wouldn't a, a policeman usually come with an ambulance or something to see yeah, what was going on? 
Are and mm-hmm. were they in Virginia? Because I heard something. I I heard the uh, daughters say something about going to Arlington. Yeah. Yeah. This felt like middle yeah. of nowhere Virginia. I think. Yeah, I would. I would agree with that. Yeah. Which, yeah, I I don't know. It would have been cool to hear like a town nearby or something. It like what what kind of road is in the middle of nowhere in the United States where, like I I don't know. Just there's not like a. There's nobody's gonna know where it is. Like you're you're gonna have to like really. I, I guess there are a lot of roads in the middle of nowhere the United States like that. Never mind. Forget about that. Mm. Well, <laughs> okay. Well, I think we've. Is there anything that we uh, you got, anyone wanted to touch on specifically that they saw in this film that we haven't discussed yet, or any interesting tidbits or rants that they want to go on before we I go mean, into okay. our we all, reviews? We have made it feel like a lot worse. Like it's really not. It's not like Green Dragon's bad. Mm-hmm. Like, true, it it true, really true. isn't, but it's enough where we've been doing these to where we realize that there's just probably more that can be had out of it. Cinematic or cinematography wise, I did appreciate some shots in there. There was the cool overhead of the mom um, and the daughter in the fetal position after you know one of her relapse moments. Um, there was some cool smoke shots, um, the rain. They did take some good attention to detail um, on some of those things. So don't let our or, uh, frustration at the monster part, like take away from. There were some moments in this film where it was truly, you know, pretty and did um, make you go, "Oh, that's nice." But uh, I guess that's my only take on the cinematography. There was, you know, not else much that took home for me. Uh, they relied way too much on the rain and the fire. I think that those two things were kind of saturated way too much of the second half, and you can't really get a variety in, in those two elements too often. Um, and I think that's kind of what happened there. I, I agree. Uh, cinematography was actually a good point of this film. Uh, I I wish that yeah there was more to lift this film up than just cinematography. I I do think Zoe Zoe Kazan and Ella Ballantyne, the daughter, uh, they did a decent job for the script they were given because this film did just involve a lot of screaming and it, it like I I can't say that Zoe Kazan is like a scream queen in this, but. She at least gave me a uh, good portrayal of someone that I really don't like or would never want to meet. And uh, Ella uh, Ballantyne, she definitely like made me feel bad for her at several several points throughout this film. So I'll I'll say that the acting actually uh, sold it a little bit, lifted it up a little bit, and the cinematography that together made this film not a complete uh, you know shitty film or anything. Like I. I would say, like, I would actually suggest this to somebody if they, you know, wanted a random uh, horror movie to watch in October, you know, because uh, Halloween time, you know, we we, we want to watch and devour every single film, uh, every single horror film from the 80s, and then we want to go into our little uh, indie horror films that we can find, and I guess I would uh, suggest to somebody, like, yeah, sure, give this a watch if you're watching, like, three horror films in one night, do it. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> from, from from a performance standpoint, I agree. I think yeah. that um, they both were fine. Uh, I yeah. thought that Ella did a better job than Zoe, but I guess it's mm. hard to compare compare to the kid to the adult. Um, lots of screaming. You nailed that on the head. Like yeah. that's kind of what they were given. But uh, I think that Ella did a great job of really garnering, like you said, that sympathy in every one of those scenes. As far as those flashbacks, you really did. Uh, your heart went out for her. Like, then maybe that's just the human nature of of, of seeing a, a child go through that. Yeah. No one wants to deal with that, uh, and maybe that just leads to the whole 
bummer of a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the performances, yeah, were were solid, and they had to be because they were the only two in the whole film. So if if you don't, and you really don't have anything, yeah. So uh, you know, which it got an eighty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, surprisingly. So uh, yeah, which is which is an interesting one because it's like a lower yeah. critic score, and then the audience mm-hmm. score is up. So I think there's yeah. some love from it from the A twenty four community after the fact. Yeah, uh, I could be wrong on that, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm guessing acting, cinematography probably lifted this film up from a critical aspect. Uh, people that didn't really care as much about the the uh, monster creature feature aspects of it. Uh, but yeah, no, it was a 40% audience score, 80% critic score. So hmm. that's interesting. Hmm. That is interesting. Yeah. Interesting. yeah I, what uh, are we critics? I think we're critics. So we're <laughs> I, think, I, I think so. All right, let's let's get into the let's get into the meats and potatoes of this and get let's do our uh, our grades. Um, does anyone want to go first? Anyone want to volunteer? Oh, ah, whatever. I'll go first. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. All right, then I'll go ahead. I have probably gone over a lot of my my pros and cons um, already, but I will try to condense this down as much as I can. Um, I watched this movie in the late afternoon with my wife. We were just sitting around after a Sunday, and uh, maybe if I had put myself in a dark room and really tried to get immersed, the scary horror side of this might have come out. But there was, for me personally... No jump scares, absolutely no moments of true suspense, mostly because I had ignored the fact that this was a monster movie from the very beginning. The way that this movie introduces these flashbacks and the way that it wants you to see the other side, the deeper meaning it doesn't give you a choice. It's not like you can decide whether or not you're like, oh, is there some sort of comparison between the monster and this alcohol stuff because if you are asking that question then i this is not the right film for you or maybe i'm just overthinking this but that's going to be the way you watch this film so trying to differentiate the monster side from the other part is impossible so you probably should lean one way or another and if you don't then you're gonna not enjoy it like i didn't really enjoy it because i was trying to parse the parts apart from each other while still trying to enjoy it and review it So all of those things were working against this film from that side of it for me. I mentioned already how I didn't like the cuts, uh, the jumps as much. uh, The campiness of the monster wasn't even enough to save it. I wish it would have been more campy, to be honest with you. It probably would have made me enjoy it a little bit more. Um, I'm going to give it a D plus 24. Just, yeah, go watch it in October. If it's your third movie of the night and you don't care. Like, Eric, you said it already for me. I don't need to anymore. D24, D+, whatever I said. It's a, it's a movie. And A24 put it out. So watch it if you're on the list with us. Other than that, pass. So, uh, yeah, I'll go next. Uh, I think the two biggest things this film lacked was creativity with the set and budget they were given. And I guess, like... Uh, it didn't fully like give us go into the creature feature aspect of it like we wanted to, and then it heavily used the alcoholism and the flashbacks as a crutch when it really didn't need to. And yeah, like I like we said earlier, it just it focused too much on the flashback and alcoholism aspect of it. The acting in it, like I said, was not it was decent. It it was okay enough to get me through the film and the cinematography too. Like we do get that kind of a 24 cinematography 
and that's enough to at least like be pleasant to aesthetically look at look at and a24 does do a good job of finding these films to distribute distribute that are done by indie directors that actually kind of know how to point a camera the right way at least so i'll give it that um but then we do yeah have these plot holes of how can you not tow a car uh when the axle is broken there's so many little plot holes in here that it makes it seem like this film was sloppily done uh story-wise as opposed to cinematography-wise um and that definitely is a detractor for me so overall i think i'll probably land around where kevin did I'll, i'll give it a d plus which is uh the same rating i gave spring breakers you know good movie to watch if it's your third of the night uh, but for Spring Breakers, it's a good movie to watch if you're on spring break and, um, I don't know, maybe you're about to pass out or something. Yeah, you're half in the bag and you have no yeah. idea what you did the entire part <laughs> of the night previous. Uh, all right, I'll go to, to my uh, my review. Uh, I, uh, I love Preacher Features, but I did not love this movie. I think, like Kevin and we've talked about it, they... Um, there was, oh, there was almost two movies in this film, and they tried to do two two things. They wanted to make a creature feature film, and they wanted to make a, a film about the like hardships of alcoholism. And they didn't really accomplish either of them very well, and they did not complement each other very well. I mean, if you want to watch a movie about uh, an A24 film about alcoholism, go watch Cretia. That's a much better film and dives way better into all of it. And then if you want to watch a better creature feature film, um, if you want to watch, I like if you want to watch one that's afraid of light, go watch Pitch Black. If you want to watch, um, you know, a movie that's about being stuck in a car with a monster around, go watch Cujo. There's, if you want to watch a movie of an alien or like a creature that's designed that's all black and way scarier, go watch Alien. Like there's there's better versions of this in every single aspect, and it, this one just didn't do it right. Listen any, to Radiohead. Any. <laughs> not oasis <laughs> yes yeah yeah uh yeah uh fuck <laughs> sorry to uh, you. <laughs> yeah right yeah, so, I, I, eric just threw me for a loop with that uh. one but no i just this movie um from the sound design drove me crazy with every time they're like we're gonna do a pov of the monster and he's gonna be growling in the woods at you well okay that that's I guess fine and dandy, but it was the same growl from every single aspect and it never felt like it was far away or close or coming up behind you or, or giving me any of those vibes. The sound design was just bad. Overall story was bad. Um, they should have just leaned into it. I was really excited for an A24 creature feature because I don't really know of any that I can think of off the top of my head that we've seen so far. I know there's some coming up, but um, I was really excited for Would you consider this... The Witch a creature feature? No, I would not. I would I would consider that more The Black Goat is actually the devil, so... Right. There's a, I, I guess, a supernatural being inside, which, okay, I guess a lot of creature features, they have supernatural beings inside them, but would creature yeah, feature, but... it's more animalistic, though. Yeah, and it's more of like that thing is attacking you, right? Like the yeah. goat isn't attacking them directly. He's more of just a manifestation and like creating these things. But anyhow, yeah. this movie sucked. Did not like it. I don't recommend it. If you want to watch a creature feature film, 
hit me up. I'll give you a dozen. I'll give you two dozen better than this guy. Um, if you want to watch an alcoholic movie, I'll give you some of those too. But overall, just kind of disappointed in it. Um, I gave this a D minus 24. So. Oh, shit. Yeah. Also, lots of lots of uh, I could have ranted way longer about all of the things that were fucked up about this movie, from the axle to the lighting things on fire to the the obeying laws of the creatures and just everything about it just pissed me off. So, and like you were saying, Jennifer, hey Cole, it was at least it was ninety minutes. Yeah, (laughs) that's the only good part. One minute over. That's the only good part. Yeah. Well, like, okay, we were saying Leprechaun, great creature feature. Jennifer Aniston starred in that. Later would star in Marley and Me, another amazing creature feature. One of my favorite films of all time, too. Marley and Me, watch that in October when, uh, you know, the lights are out and you want to, like, have your first film of the night to really put you in a Halloween mood. Yeah, Marley if you want to change your pants him. after the first one, you better watch Marley and Me. <laughs> yeah, Jennifer Aniston and Owen Wilson. True, truly scary film. Wow. Mm. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've kind of picked this movie apart. Um, I wish we had better things to say about it, more positives, but, you know, they can't all be winners and... Uh, this one definitely Can't wasn't be one of them. <laughs> but I appreciate everyone's time. If you enjoyed our commentary, uh, please rate and subscribe at any of your podcast locations. And uh, if you have any uh, creature feature recommendations, send them to Kevin because he needs to see more of them, guys. Damn straight. Send them my way. <laughs> Marley right, and Thank me. you. <laughs> Marley. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Wow. From the land of the Irish Spring. Wow. Dublin's the place wow. where I learned my thing. Wow. From the Herald Isle wow. to your place in the wow. hood. From the man of green wow. come to do no good. Wow. Left in the hood wow. come to do no good. Wow. Left in the hood come to do no good. Blunt is low, this place is high. Wow. There's a lassie wow. just like you. Wow. I hate your wow. so soon to my wow. Haven't been late wow. so long, it's wow. wow. I'm so bad. Wow. Good. I'll show you what to do, so land an air. Don't worry, little man, I've got nothing to fear. Sit with a little pristine anchor. Let me show you what I love. Wow. 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 Come to do no good. I'm a wee green guy who's new to town. Show me what to do when you get down. I'll go up. Through the night until the wow. dawn, then you and I wow. gonna get it all. Wow! 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 Wow!